Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Wow. I might go off and come back on. It's pretty, pretty good. Why don't you stand with me? I want to welcome all of you watching online. Uh, we welcome you into our worship experience this morning as we are one Sunday removed from Christmas. And I know all of you are excited, except January will roll around and all those MasterCard bills will roll in. All right. Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, we're doing a series entitled Overcoming, uh, or something like that, Controlling Christmas Chaos. Um, all you have to do right now, if you want to know about chaos, those of you who are not familiar with Oklahoma City, let me guide you to true chaos. Go to the corner of Penn and Memorial. That is, if you can get to the corner of Penn and Memorial. It's the location you want to stay away from this time of year. Uh, so let me go ahead and advertise for Amazon. Go online. Instead of waiting in line, uh, it's chaotic, to say the least. And, and as wonderful as the holiday is, and uh, as wonderful as the celebration is, I want to burst a few bubbles here. Jesus was not born December 25th, any time, any year. He, we celebrate the birth of Jesus on this day. So I'm thinking in my life that I might shift it to a a time where there's not so much chaos. I'm thinking a July Christmas on the beach. Um, I, I, y'all are a religious crowd. I can tell, oh my God, did he just say that we're not celebrating? Jesus might come back right now and smite him. Um, because there is so much chaos. And so... You know, this time of year, and also you, you know, you drive around everywhere, and there are lights everywhere, and and uh, those lights are uh, to us just something of beauty. But the reality is, the lights are symbolic of the the star that led the Magi to the person of Christ. And oftentimes we we lose sight of some of these things because of the beauty and the design of of so many light shows that are going on and in Tulsa, Oklahoma City, and around the world to celebrate this wonderful time of year. So I decided to talk about light, let there be light. That was how this whole thing began. When, when God looked over the earth, and if you'll turn your Bibles to Genesis, um, it says, first this, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness. I love the Message Bible. It was a soup of nothingness. In other words, it was dark. It was void. It was empty. There was nothingness. And God looked and decided that he would design a galaxy, a Milky Way, a, a planet called Earth. And, 
and, and create people and, and uh, all of a sudden design this spectacular thing that we now see. But it all began with nothing and it says a bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke light and light appeared. God saw the light that was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. Now, I want us just to pause for one moment as I talk about conquering or controlling Christmas chaos. And we have to go back to Genesis to see the power of what creates darkness and what creates light. We oftentimes don't realize the power of the things that we say. It was a word. Depending on what translation of the Bible you read, in the message, God said, light. In another translation, he said, let there be light. And because of that word or the spoken words of God, light came to be. I'm real big on trying to control what I say because what I say will create an image in my mind and light in my life or darkness in my life. And so as I look at this holiday season, you're saying, how can I control the chaos? So much of the chaos is the contribution of our words. What we say. And the Bible talks to us about how important it is when we speak to declare what we want, not what we have. God possessed darkness in that moment, but he wanted light. So God could have spent most of the next millennial or millennium, and he could have talked about how horrible the darkness was, or he could look down upon this mass of emptiness and say, light, or let there be light. So absolutely important that we realize that every one of us have family members who are going through something very, very difficult. And sometimes that difficulty opens the floodgate of negativity. And now it's not that you need to rebuke anyone. That's not what this is about. But you can change the course of chaos through conversation that creates hope. Because in my opinion, this holiday is all about hope. The world had been void of an intimate relationship with God since the Garden of Eden. Since the beginning of time, there had been emptiness and void. Maybe not in the external or in the atmosphere or in the galaxies, but in the hearts of man, something was lost in the Garden of Eden that had yet to be recovered or ever exist again, that man had been separated from God. So to me, Christmas is about reuniting with God as much as it is anything. Of finding hope once again that the person, the, the, the being, the deity that created us can now have a relationship with us and us with him because he sent his only begotten son into the world. Yet this time of year is one of the most difficult times of year 
for many, many people. And sometimes it'll be your silence that might change the heart of someone. Simple smile. I know what we all face. I know that everyone in here is facing something. According to Mother Teresa, be kind to everyone because everybody's going through something. Everybody. You're not the only one. Your family's not the only one. You're not the only one experiencing difficulty. To me, Christianity is not a ticket to heaven. It's a way of life. I'm not a Christian because someday I don't want to go to hell. I'm a Christian because the power of heaven was offered to me here on earth. And I need all the power I can get to overcome all the evil and darkness that exists in this world. Now, we no longer know darkness as the Bible refers to it because we have OG&E. I don't know how many of you have ever walked around in the dark, but it's not really great. And the older you get, the darker it seems to get. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I used to be able to drive really good at night. Now that I'm over 40, it's getting tougher. That's the truth. That's not a lie. I am over 40. But it just just gets tougher. And so our our experience is that we can turn on a light switch and everything's fine. But how often are we so dumb that we think we know our houses so well that we don't need to turn on a light? You can talk to my little piggy who went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Because one night I was walking through my house and, and I hit the corner of something and my little piggy went right and the rest of my foot went straight. And I'm telling you, it went wee, 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 wee at home. Because I tried to navigate in the dark, whether it be ignorantly, arrogantly, or just too tired to try to find a light switch. And there's so many people in the world today living in chaos, not because light is not available to us, but because they have not availed themselves to the light that is available. Now, it doesn't minimize God's love for them. It doesn't minimize God's love for us. God's grace is incredible. It's phenomenal. It's everlasting. It's never-ending. It's available to everyone. Now, I'm not judging anybody, but I hung out in nightclubs for years. And it's always interesting to me how in nightclubs they keep them very dark. Have you noticed that? Now, I've frequented a lot of them, and I never saw one with the lights turned up. And you put a little alcohol with darkness, and everybody's beautiful. It's amazing what you can see the next day that you did not see the night before. Oh, God. That's when you go, I need some light up in here. And yet, for some reason, we were born to be children of light, and yet we find ourselves living as creatures of darkness. And somehow we think in the darkness we can hide from the sin that besets us or the God who came to restore us. I've never heard a kid yet say, I'm afraid of the light. 
Your kid never ran to your bedroom. Mama, mama, please turn the light out. I'm scared to death. No, we're scared to death of the dark. That's the innocence of young children. They ought to be afraid of the dark. Until they know that the light of God indwells them and say, you know what? The darkness shall not overcome what I know to be the light of my life and my heart. The light switch may be turned off and the light may be out, but the light of God shines bright in me and no fear shall overcome me. Yet part of the chaos that we deal with is because we're navigating in the dark. There's no way I get done with this today, by the way. Illumination was the introduction of heaven's light that came in the manger. Jesus was not just the Son of God in that moment. He was the light of the world. I believe the star that the Magi saw, just go with me for a moment here and let me be a kid, was plugged into the light in the manger. Because Jesus in that moment where that became, even in that manger, he was the light of the world. And when he was given birth, the switch of God was turned on. The star was illuminated. The magi saw it and were drawn to him. I can tell you this. That you can see Jesus on the countenance of people who have had an experience with Jesus. It's almost scary sometimes. Because we are called as children of light, children of God, to be the light of the world. And as I was preparing this message, I'm asking myself the question, how much light do I shed every day? What kind of wattage goes out from me? Am I preoccupied by the cares of this world without realizing it and my countenance tells on me? You've seen someone that you love and know walk into a room and you can tell without asking one question something's going on in their life. They walk in like this, you go, oh, looks like a good day, doesn't it? Downcast. Sad. Preoccupied. Not there. Not present. Not visible. Hi, look at me. This is the first time we've had this, by the way, just to let you guys know. Thank you guys for that, uh, Stuart and the gang. Uh, now you don't even have to watch me. If you're not looking at me anymore, I'm going to think, it's okay. They, they're looking at the big, beautiful shot on the screen. <laughs> I will get a facelift and Botox to make this look better. Matthew 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star. This whole thing began with a star. Think about where we would be today had the Magi not had this experience and learning how they experienced Christ. For the first time, it came as a result of light. One of the best things that we will be able to do this year is not share our wisdom, our knowledge, even our faith. 
but to share the light of hope that we possess in Christ. You will be criticized this holiday season. You will be criticized for the gifts you did or didn't get. You got the wrong one or you didn't get the right one. The turkey's too dry and we don't eat ham. Um, all kinds of things will happen that will cause people to be offended because they have fallen out of love with the law of God. Great peace have those who love the law of God. Nothing shall offend them. So any offense that we possess is because we have disconnected ourselves from the law of God. And we all, from time to time, find ourselves doing that because it, it's the demonic plan of hell to create sad, negative, gossipy Christians. Because after all, the world's looking to you and I for light. I was looking for you. When I was spending all the time in the nightclubs, I was living in darkness. I just wanted someone to give me some hope. I wanted someone to shine a light that would lead me to a place of peace and happiness. Because how many of you know that there are spirits? And staying happy, staying joyful, staying peaceful requires effort on our part. A lot of people think when they get born again or they get saved that God takes it from there. Well, Jesus doesn't take the wheel. He'd give you the car. He ain't taking the wheel. Jesus said, you're driving this thing. Now, I'll help you. I'll be your nav system. But your hands better be on the wheel. And too many people just let go and say, I'm saved. <laughs> and they quit navigating their life by the word of God, by the light of God. And as a result, we're as haphazard as we were when we were in darkness. We have light, but we're not utilizing it. So the next time you get ready to get offended, ask yourself why you're offended. Next time you, you do that, just ask yourself that question. Why am I? Because if some of you say, well, they hurt me, well, why did you let them hurt you? Why did I let anybody hurt me? We all experience hurt, certainly. We all have those moments. I'm not saying we don't. What I'm saying is the reality is that when we hurt, our first human response is to find someone tangible that we can touch to hurt them back, to blame, to shame. Why? Because you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. It's our natural, human, fallen nature response. And during a holiday season where there are so many moving parts, so many different people involved, people you haven't seen, you haven't talked to in a while, some of it by design, some of it just by accident. And you try to catch up and you say things and words are spoken and misunderstood and before you know it, Christmas is gone. A lot of sad people in the world. A lot of hurting people. story of a a man in outside the Sierra Mountains, big, beautiful area, and uh, really cold, really snowy. And he had been admitted to the hospital during the Christmas season. And there was a nurse that was taking care of him that noticed that nobody ever came to visit him. Day after day, during this special time of year, no one came. Finally, Christmas Eve comes, nobody comes. Christmas comes, nobody comes. It was a couple of days after Christmas that it looked like he was going to pass. And it was an older gentleman. 
And one of the nurses was a Christian, and she called her pastor, and she told him the story. She said, we got a man here that it doesn't look like he's going to make it, and I've been taking care of him ever since he was admitted to the hospital. And uh, I'd like to know if Pastor, if you'd come by and visit him. And it was late at night. She didn't think he would make it to the next day. So the pastor got up, got his clothes, his coat on, everything. And when he went outside, it was snowy. It was dark. It was, it was cold. The wind was blowing. Roads were impassable nearly. And it took him two hours to get from his home to the hospital, which would typically have been a very short drive. By the time he got to the hospital, it was long after midnight. He walked into the gentleman's room. His hospital room, and when he got in there, the man woke up and said, what are you doing here? And he had been cantankerous with the whole hospital team and staff, and he said, well, I'm, I'm Pastor so-and-so. He said, I, I was just out and thought I'd stop by and see you. He said, you are just out. It's after midnight. And so the man was not responsive to him, not polite to him, and the pastor said, can I just pray? And so he prayed, and, and the man wouldn't say anything, and finally he said, could I just could I just ask you a few questions? What are you thinking about? You hear about the football game. Try to make a connection. And finally, after just trying to make a connection with him, the man began to open up a little bit. The pastor finally said, what, what is it that pains your life? What is it? The man said, look back at him and said, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody. 31 years has gone by. And I've never told anyone this story I'm about to tell you. He said, sir, I, 31 years ago, he said, I, I worked my whole life for the railroad. He said, I was a switchman. And he said, just about this time of year on a night that looked just like tonight looks, cold and snowy and couldn't see the hand in front of your face. We were at the rail yard and I was working the night shift. Me and buddies of mine... Because it was a holiday season, there were just a few of us on and no supervisors. And we were just there kind of holding down the fort, making sure nothing happened when we realized we had to switch one of the rails for a freight train that was about to come through. And he said, we all been drinking and we were pretty loaded. And he said, because I was so loaded, he said, I just volunteered to go out and hit the switch. So I went out and I hit the switch. He said, what I didn't realize until a day later, I had hit the wrong switch and the freight train that was supposed to go off on another track another way had gone the wrong way. And it had run into a passenger car killing four people. A husband, a wife, and two little girls. The pastor began to well up with tears. And he looked at the man and he said, Sir, the people that were killed in that accident were my mother, my father, and my two sisters. And he said, I have long forgiven you. And I can promise you, if I have forgiven you, Christ has forgiven you. Neither of them knew that this encounter would end the way it ended. What am I saying? I'm saying that that pastor, that man of God, could have all of a sudden gone dark and gone off on him and said, How dare you? I've lived 31 years without my family because of you. Instead, the light of hope was turned on. When he looked at this man laying there dying in a hospital bed... And looked at him and said, sir, I forgive you. I forgave you a long time ago. Our forgiveness, our love, our grace, our mercy is what brings light, not just to the holiday season, but it brings light to every day. We all have choices to make. We've all been hurt. Many, if not most of us, have never been affected the way 
this pastor was affected. Can we too not be light and hope? Can we not walk in forgiveness? Can we not overcome evil with good? Can we not be a people who chooses every day to walk in love and forgiveness? Everyone in here has been wronged. Something bad's happened to every one of us. There's not one of us sitting in here today that has not had several, if not numerous, horrible experiences in our lives and many, many, many bad ones. And the only thing that separates light from darkness is the choice we make to declare God's Word. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The only reason we would ever walk in darkness is we would use our words instead of His. Our thoughts instead of His. You can tell yourself all you want. You have a right to be mad. You can tell yourself all you want. You have a right to be bitter. You can tell yourself all you want. But it's never going to work. It's never going to turn on the light in your heart. Until you look to heaven and say, God, as you have forgiven me, so I forgive. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want to take just a real quick minute to ask you. I'm going to ask the band to come on. And... uh, As they're coming on, I want you to think just for a moment. What is it in my life that is contributing to chaos of a season that's supposed to be glorious and celebratory? Why is it not so for me? And folks, let me tell you, it may not be that you're not a Christian. It it may simply be that nobody's ever talked to you about the power you possess to overcome evil with good. Negative with positive. Darkness overcoming darkness with light. My life and yours are a product of the decisions and choices we've made. Not what someone's done to us. But what God did for us. Today, if you're not a follower of Christ, I'm going to pray a simple prayer that will make a profound difference in your life. And I want to ask you to pray it with me. And those of you watching online, I would ask you to pray this with me as well. Say these words. Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I call you Lord. Amen.